Hey everyone, this is Charlie. Um, this is me editing the podcast after we recorded it, and um, I noticed that the Zoom recording recording cut out some of the um, beginning um, of the podcast um, episode. So we missed uh, picks, lottery picks one through ten on the recording. So it picks up um, talking about the Devin Vassell pick to the Spurs, and we also miss the recording. Also missed. Um, where me and my other two co-hosts, Emin Walker, um, explain the Warriors versus Nets game and also the Lakers versus Clippers game. Um, but we still get the New Year's Six Bowl games and some other talking points that um, came up throughout the episode. So um, sorry that uh, the recording cut out at the beginning, but um, this won't happen again since this is our first time at um, – uh, stuff like this will happen but um yeah i hope you enjoy the episode this is the seventh screen podcast with my co-host emmett and walker i hope you enjoy basket from a three-point arc and uh i mean i think what's not to love about this pick i think obviously you know you're, you're missing you're lacking at the center position i think what they have jacket portal or uh yep, maybe? Portal. yeah but um that's that i mean i like this pick um i think and, I mean, looking at it, there wasn't too many centers left on the board, like good centers. I mean, if Jalen Smith fell, you know, they could have been Jalen Smith. But um, I'll give them, I'm going to give them an A. I really like this pick, and I think, Pop, I think it was right up Popovich, uh, Ali. All right, I'll go next. Um, not going to lie, watching the draft, I thought Vassell was going to go to the Suns at 10. I'm kind of surprised they skipped out on him because he has a lot of potential. He's a lot of uh, intangibles. I think he'll be a good player. And uh, I agree with Charlie on that one. They have a lot of uh, small forward shooting guard depth, and uh, I want to see how they're going to work this out. But I'm going to go B-plus just on the raw talent that he possesses. Um, yeah, so I think that we can all agree that was a good pick. So let's move on to Tyrese Halliburton, uh, point guard Iowa State to the Kings. This is a pick that I have a lot to say about. Is it okay if I start on this one? For sure. How are you? Go ahead. All right. The Kings might be the most dysfunctional team in the NBA. You have disgruntled players like Buddy Heald and guys like Marvin Bagley could not, that cannot stay on the floor last year. And when Bagley was on the floor, he did not improve at all. He, his stats were a little bit worse, actually, in every category. Um, I think Harold Burton is a good player. I mean, he um, he was all right in preseason with six three three and two, and a block a game. I I think he'll probably start at the two maybe. Um, it's either him or Buddy Heald, but Buddy Heald only started forty four out of the seventy two games last year. Um, so it's either him or it's Kyle Burton. But with Luke Walton as your coach, um, you never really know. Uh, with Luke Walton, De'Aaron Fox could be starting at the center. He's that weird. Uh, with lineups. So um, I think Hal Burns is a good player with with nice potential, but for the Kings, everything they do is really confusing. Um, so I'll give this pick C. I mean, I don't, this this team is is really run very badly. I think so. Yeah. I um I actually went in a way opposite direction, Charlie. I went with the A minus for the Kings. Um, I think we can all agree though on the dysfunctional part. I mean, it's just a similar situation. The Suns, Kings have you know. They've had a lot of opportunities to be, you know, how, I mean, how long have they been in a rebuild, rebuild stage for? I mean, it feels like 20 years. For sure. I mean, I wasn't rebuilding since 2002. 
Yeah, I mean, I wasn't even alive then. <laughs> you know, I haven't. We were, we I'm, were. And I'm, I've never really seen the Kings be good. Um, and it, I mean, and now we have De'Aaron Fox, so you know, hopefully he can, you know, take the reins. And he got, he got himself a bag. But uh, the reason why I do like this pick is I think um, De'Aaron Fox is gonna need some weight lifted off his shoulders. I think Tyrese, I think he's about six. Let me see how tall he is. Anyway, but like going on, he's just, I think it's going to um, take some of the load off of him. From what I've seen, he's, he's 6'5". So, you know, he can still do the two guard. He's shooting it quick with the ball. Um, I think this is a good pick. Um, obviously, you know, when you pick another player, that same position as De'Aaron Fox, you know, it's going to be a little iffy. But from the most part, I like this pick. What about you, Emmett? All right. I'm going A. I think this was – I think he's one of the best guards this draft. And um, this is totally unbiased. I think if Ball isn't the best point guard, I think it'll be uh, Halliburton. And uh, just, I mean, he can shoot. He can do a lot. And uh, I've really wanted the Pistons to draft him. I'm totally fine with Killian Hayes now. Now that I know more about him. But I draft night, I wanted us to draft Halliburton because I already knew he was solid in college. And um, I totally agree with Walker on that. Uh, Fox needs some uh, some of the load off his back because he's really carrying the team. He's the primary ball handler. He gets a lot of their shots. And uh, I think with a guy either playing sixth man or just a shooting guard, he can take the ball up too. Doesn't always have to be Fox, so uh, I really like this pick, and I think he'll be a great point guard. That's why right. I think it's an A. I understand you guys. I mean, he's a good. I think he's a good player. I just don't think the fit of the Kings is going to work out. So we're going to come up on the last two picks here. Um, Kira Lewis, point guard from Alabama to the Pelicans. All right, Emmett, you start with this one. All right, um, draft night. Didn't know much about him, but. Uh, I knew he was good at Alabama. Um, what team was he drafted by? Pel- uh, Pelicans? Yeah, Pelicans, yeah. Pelicans? Um, I bet he'll come, off, he'll come off the bench for sure. Um, mm, he'll, he'll be the backup point guard um, behind Lonzo. Um, I would love to see him overtake Lonzo's job. I mean, Lonzo ain't bad. He's a good uh, distributor. But, um, I mean – Seems he was solid in college. Don't know much about him right now in the preseason. I really haven't watched the Pelicans preseason game, so I couldn't tell you much. But uh, I think it's a good pick. That's why I go B. Um, yeah, I agree too with Emmett. Um, I mean, you have, you could have taken a guy like Aaron e. Smith. Uh, we'll get to that in just a bit. But you know, you already have a guy like JJ Redick, so you have a pretty you know knockdown shooter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I like this pick. I think it was probably, you know, just an obvious pick. Uh, you obviously have a guy like Alonzo, who, you know, has definitely improved over the years, but certainly isn't Steph Curry with a 40-inch vert, um, Mike Krasimba style. But, um, no, yeah, I like this pick. I just gave it a A-. minus. Uh, you know, we'll just see what happens. I don't think he's – I don't think he's going to be one of the best guards in the draft, but you know, we'll see what happens. Charlie, how about yeah. you? I gave this pick a B plus. I think it's a nice pick. I mean, he's 19 years old, very young. Um, this Pelican team that has a lot of young talent, I think it's a good pick. Um, 
I'll definitely have to fight with Nikhil Alexander-Walker um, for backup minutes um, since the starting five is kind of locked up. The only question I have about the starting five is either if they're going to start Bledsoe or Redick. Um, I would start Redick personally, but um, I'm not sure what the Pelicans are going to do. Um, so it makes sense for them to draft a guard because two of their guards, like Bledsoe and Redick, are um, 31 and 36 respectively. And then Lonzo Ball, who last uh, what, a couple of days ago, they couldn't come up with an extension agreement. So he's going to enter restricted free agency, and they don't, we don't really know if the Pelicans are going to match that contract. Um, so, yeah, that's a big question mark on Lonzo Ball for the future. So Kara Lewis, we could see Kara Lewis, Zion, and Brandon Ingram and Jackson Hayes really taking the charge for the Pelicans for the next 10 years, maybe. No, they're going um, to be a fun team to watch. They're really they're young. They're going to be fun. Uh, so yeah, you're right. They're they're a very young team. So yeah, this, I'll give it a B plus. I think it was a good pick. Very solid. Um, so last pick of the lottery, last pick we're doing today, is Aaron Naismith, small forward uh, Vandy to the Celtics. I love this pick. Um, I think you know you have a team like Boston, obviously trying to contend. Um, and if you you know the past twenty years, every good team has been a three point shooting team. You know, if you want to be an old head and talk about there's too many three-pointers, maybe you're right. I mean, it's not always fun to watch James Harden shoot one for 17. But whether you like it or not, three-point shooting teams are what the win championships. And I think Aaron Smith is the definition of just a knockdown shooter. He shot, I think, it was 70, something crazy in college at Vanderbilt. Yeah, he, um, he I, a good shooter, Vandy. Um, obviously, you know, he got an injury, but it shouldn't affect him too much. And, yeah, I think the Celtics are really going to like this pick. Um, I think it was a good pick, and it's another shooter to add to a really dangerous team. So, yeah, uh, I like this pick. I, get, I just gave it an A+. Plus. Uh, it's a high pick, but I think it, just, it makes sense. Fit, fit well. You don't need him to be a starter behind, you know, Jalen Brown or whoever you want to put at the three or Tatum. But, yeah, I like this pick. I'll go next. Um, just like Walker said, Almost all of the contending teams, if you watch the playoffs, a lot of them have shooters, and um, he's a shooter to come off the bench. Um, he won't get as, as many minutes because this team is – I mean, I think the Celtics are loaded with talent. So um, he'll get his minutes. He'll get his time. But uh, I bet he'll be just as knocked down as he was in college. Maybe not as much, obviously, but I think he'll still be a knockdown shooter to wear. Uh, when he gets open, he'll he'll make it. Knock it down. Um, yeah. So I'm a, I'll I'm give that a B plus. Um, yeah, I'm agree with I'm agree with you guys. Um, I think I'm really high on the player, but not the situation. Um, he's already 21, but I hate to say already 21. Um, he'll definitely be a spark plug off a contending team in the Celtics. Uh, they didn't really tackle the power forward issue with. I mean, I think Grant Williams is good, but um, his rookie season was all right. If they really want to contend. Soon, I think they need to start trading these young bench pieces for veterans because you have Romeo Linkford off the bench. You have Aaron A. Smith now. You have Grant Williams. You have um, – who's your point guard off the bench? Uh, uh, no, Jeff Teague's not young, but, you know, guys like that. Uh, I think they could be time to move on from some of these young picks and trade for some serious talent off the bench. Um, but I definitely think he's, he's a knockdown shooter, as you guys said. I think he's a really bright – I think he could be a star of the whole draft. Um, so knowing Danny Ainge and his history of moves, he won't trade all these young pieces. Um, so, yeah, he's a good player, but 
not a great uh, situation. So I'll give this pick a B plus or B minus, excuse me. So yeah. yeah. So we just understand that. Lottery. So that lottery. was a bit of a long segment, but uh. Oof, that was long. Yeah. So we're gonna be ending up the podcast with the New York six New New Year six bowl games. Yeah. So we have the Cotton Bowl, Peach Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Orange Bowl, and then the two college football games, the Rose College Football College Playoff games, College right. Football Playoff games, uh, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. So let's start it off with the Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl we have number seven Florida and number six Oklahoma. This is in Arlington, Texas, and um, Florida is favored by three. This game turns on in uh, about a week from now. So I'm going to go first because I have an upset sure. in this game. Give me Oklahoma. Because and Kyle Pitts have... isn't playing, by the way. Exactly. All right, that's, that's big. That's the key. That is that's the big. key. Kyle yeah, Pitts is I'm not winning this game, so I cannot see Florida winning. Oklahoma, these last, what, seven games has been great. Um, Spencer Rattler really struggled at the beginning of the season. In the first, um, in the first three games, they won. They lost two of them. And um, he threw th- uh, four picks in, in those two games, in those two losses. And he's only thrown three picks since. So, um, yeah, I mean, those two losses were to Kansas State and Iowa State, who are both solid, but they're not top 10 teams. Uh, I mean, not anymore because Iowa State lost um, to Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. So, yeah, uh, I would have picked Florida if Kyle Pitts was playing, but Kyle Pitts is, um, since he's preparing for the NFL draft, I'm going to take Oklahoma because Kyle Pitts is an absolute baller. I mean, he had 12 touchdowns this year, and he had a fantastic game against Bama. So, uh, I mean, I don't see – uh, Oklahoma losing uh, this game. So, yeah. Yep, I agree with you, Charlie. Um, I think both have very poor defenses, um, especially probably Florida, really well holding them back in a thrown shoe. But, um, yeah, uh, with Kyle Pitts not playing, uh, I've seen him personally, you know, destroy my dogs. So, uh, yeah, I have Florida. I mean, you kind of covered it all. Kyle Trask isn't, you know, as good as he is. He just lost his main weapon. And lost probably one of the best players in the country. So, yeah, I have Florida. Win- I have Florida winning. I went ahead and just did a l- little scores. I don't think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be really close. So I have Florida winning forty-two to thirty-eight. High, uh, high scoring game. Florida winning right. or Oklahoma winning? Actually, sorry. I'm, and I should have said I'm. I. Oh, sorry. No, Oklahoma. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah Oklahoma nice. winning forty-two to thirty-eight. All right. I'm going with you guys. I agree. Give me Oklahoma. Um, as much as I think Rattler's overrated, he's very overrated. Uh, oh, I agree. Again, Pitt's gone exactly what you guys said without Pitts. I don't know who Trask is going to throw to, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but I do think it'll – I agree. I don't have a score, but uh, it'll be a competitive game. But I think uh, Oklahoma will pull it out. All right, so I think we all we all picked Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. So now we're moving to our uh, our home hometown bowl game, the Peach Bowl. Well, Give me not, this. Not not Emmett's bowl game, our hometown bowl game, but still, we have number nine Georgia and number eight Cincinnati, and UGA is favored by seven. I know Walker's going to talk about. I'll this take one, this one, but I also have right. some some stuff to add. So real quick, let me just turn off this camera real quick. Hey, you know what I'm saying, dog fan right here. You know, my, I already know my dogs are going to pull this out. Uh, uh, I think Georgia with JT, um, as much as I love Stetson Bennett, I love the narrative of it. 
um you know he was like five really short but he played he played like he was six foot five you know he played his heart out but uh you know just call it fcc jt daniels took in came in took that starting spot and just ran with it um i think unbiasedly georgia's just the better team i yep. think georgia's gonna be really scary next year with jt daniels you know starting every game definitely definitely he's, um he's he's crazy good Curry, you know, pulling his recruitment. And, uh, yeah, I'm really happy about this team. And, yeah, uh, props to Cincinnati for, you know, succeeding how they have. You know, if it was a eight, if it was an 18 playoff, they would definitely should have made it. Um, they would be going to get but, you know, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, college football committee, that's another really yeah, annoying I, conversation. I cannot get over them. Ugh. Right. All right. But, yeah, I'll I have next. Georgia winning. Yeah, I have Georgia winning just convincingly. All right. Um, I think you guys got to give Cincinnati. Uh, I think they deserve props. They've had a great season. Um, I honestly thought they were kind of close to a – I mean, they, they would have got blown out. But they were close to uh, making the playoffs. They had like a 10% chance at one point. Yeah, it slimmed through this. Yeah, they were undefeated. I, they didn't play as hard of uh, competition, obviously. But uh, – I think they're still a really good team, but I think Georgia's going to edge this one out. I think, again, it's a close game. Um, I think Cincinnati deserves more props, but I'm still going Georgia. I think they'll pull it out. Um, I'm going to agree. Uh, UGA is favored by seven, but given them, I'm going to um, take UGA by 14 to 17. Um, whole season, uh, Cincinnati's been much more consistent compared to Georgia because Georgia's been kind of like a roller coaster with the QB changes. But um, since JT Daniels has been the full-time starter for the last, what, three games, he's thrown almost 900 yards, nine touchdowns, and only one interception in those games. Um, mm. uh, so, yeah, he, uh, UGA has obviously lost the two games at uh, near the beginning of the year, but they have the so- second strongest strength of schedule among the FCS teams. So, um, yeah, give me UGA, but Cincinnati will put up a fight. They will put up a fight. Yeah, and if Georgia can't start it off fast, I think Cincinnati wins this. But yeah, with Luke Fickle, I don't. You never know because Luke Fickle's a really good coach. I yeah, would, we'll I see. I wouldn't be surprised if he wouldn't get a, a top job in a couple a uh, couple years. It's going to depend on yeah. the starters. Like you know, obviously past time, you know, Georgia doesn't always have all their starters playing. Yeah, you know, guys are going to declare for the draft. But uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, I think Georgia's going to pull it out. <laughs> all right, now we're going to move on to the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, we have number 25, Oregon, versus number 10, Iowa State in Glendale, Arizona, the showdown in the desert. Um, Iowa State is favored by four and a half, and um, I'm going to take Iowa State by 10. Um, Oregon has played six games this year, and four of them, four have been within seven points. Um, Scoring-wise, they're both really similar, but ISU's defense is far superior. Um uh, Oregon's defense has allowed over 20, 28 points and over three out of its six games. And, um, yeah, Iowa State has a far stronger schedule compared to Oregon. So, yeah, I'll take Iowa State by 10. Yeah, and I was doing a little research about this. So, Oregon has given up 160 running yards per game. And Iowa State has the leading rush – and the running back, uh, Brees Hall, who's only a sophomore, is leading the nation in rushing yards. So, I think Brees Hall is going to have an absolute field day. Um, I mean, give me Iowa State by – what did I have them as? I had Iowa State 31-21. to 21. So, uh, heck, yeah, so by 10. you're going to not even score 21. 
So, uh, just like, yeah, right. we have the same pick. I yeah. guess I'm going to be lone wolfing this one. Uh, I think Oregon's going to win. I think, again, I've said this for each one of my picks. I think it'll be a close game again. But I think Oregon will edge it out by three late in the game. And um, uh, I get the stat lines. They've played six games. But um, there's upsets. Always, there's always upsets in college football, obviously. And um, I think this is one of them. So give me Oregon by three. Oh, close game. All right. Now we're going to move on to the Orange Bowl. We have number 13. UNC and uh, maybe the playoff sub of the year, number five, Texas A&M. Um, Texas A&M is favored by seven points in this bowl game. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that Texas A&M is going to win by 13. But if you, um, I think they're only going to win, Texas A&M is only going to win if they can keep North Carolina below 30. Because UNC has one of the best offenses in the country, led by Sam Howell. Ooh, I think he could be a Heisman contender next year. He is – he can really throw the football. He's a dual threat. He can run it too. So, yeah, if North Carolina can turn this into a shootout, I think they have a chance. But if Texas A&M keeps them under 30, like I said, I think they have a lock on this game. So, give me Texas A&M by 13. All um, right, I'll go next. Give yeah, go me ahead, Texas A&M. Uh, love Kelmond. Uh, I really hope the Lions draft him. Really do. Um, he's had a great season. He almost made the playoffs, and um, I think they've had UNC's had some issues um, in a few of their games uh, by giving up points. I don't think they have the best defense at all. And um, but again, like you said, Charlie, great offense, one of the best. Uh, I think this will be a bit of a bigger margin. I th- I think te- Texas A and M beats them by twenty one. Whoa, nice. All right, um, Walker. So I guess we're going to have this argument later. I thought Texas A&M deserved a playoff spot. Um, and, you know, you can make the argument, well, oh, they're going to get blown out. Oklahoma and Notre Dame have been blown out every year in the playoffs. Every year. Every year. Every and, year. you know, all these, all these people trying to make BS excuses like, well, you can't put Cincinnati in. You can't put BYU in. But Why can't you put Cincinnati in? Right, but anyway, that's that's probably for a later segment when we talk about yeah. the we playoff, can definitely playoff. talk. We're definitely going to talk about that next episode. Definitely, that's definitely on the list. But um, excuse me though, but yeah, uh, I really do love the Texas A&M team. Um, I think, like you said, Charlie, North Carolina is just super dangerous. I love Sam Howell, the quarterback, Mac Brown. That's a good team right there. But uh, I just think Texas A&M. I mean, there's a reason they're ranked number five. And there's a reason that they almost made the playoffs. Um, and, yeah, I had Texas A&M when I had them winning by. I had te- – oh, I never put a score down. But, uh, yeah, bottom line, I had Texas A&M winning. Uh, as much as I Texas do have a Carolina team. Texas A&M really only has one signature win, though, against Florida in October. Just saying. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And, you know, they did lose to Alabama. But, once again, Everyone that's something for the Alabama. next episode. All right. So, now we're going to move on to the Rose Bowl. Number four, Notre Dame, takes on number one, Alabama, in Arlington, Texas. And Alabama is favored by 19 and a half points, which is crazy for a playoff game to be favored by almost 20 points. So um, Mm -hmm. I think that that spread is pretty fair. This Alabama team is extremely dominant. I mean, they have 
three Heisman contenders, really. They have, yeah. the, I think the Heisman leader is Devonta Smith at um, yeah, wide receiver. Yeah, he's leading. He's dangerous. You have Mac Jones, a quarterback, and you have Najee Harris in the backfield. I mean, give me those those that trio any day of the week. Um, mm-hmm. I really think they're going to win this game by 24. I think um, it's more about Alabama's dominance than Notre Dame's struggles because Notre Dame has had some scares this year. So, like Louisville, UNC in the first half, and FSU yep. in the first half. And then that beatdown in the ACC championship game, it says 34-10, to 10, but that, that last score for Notre Dame, that last touchdown, was a garbage-time touchdown. So yep. it says 34-10, yep. to 10, but it's really 34-3. to 3. Yeah, um, um, so, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of – really one of the best Alabama teams we've seen in a while. It just doesn't really feel like it because of the circumstances. But, I mean, props to Mac Jones. You know, Tua leaves. People didn't know if he was going to leave or not. But, you know, Mac Jones comes in and he ran with the position. And you can make the argument that, you know, any mediocre quarterback can take over Alabama, which is, we've seen before, you know, with guys like A.J. McCarron. But, I mean, um, I think Mac oh, Jones is a – Never mind. You keep going. I, I need to look up this guy right now. But, uh, yeah, I think going. Mac Jones is a great quarterback. Uh, Nick Saban, we have no, no, no need, nothing to say about him. He just We know who he is. And, you know, they beat down my dogs, and they beat down Florida. And, I mean, I don't think Notre Dame's going to come in and take away that take that away from them. And if they start out with a slow first half, Alabama's going to bam, bam, bam. If they're going to get four and outs, Alabama's going to win this game by at least 21, I think. Yeah, I thought about that mediocre quarterback thing. And one quarterback mm-hmm. I remember, 2014, uh, college football, uh, college football, um, semifinal was um, Blake Sims. Blake Sims was mm-hmm. very mediocre. He threw three picks that game. I mean, of course, it was against a nice defense, but three... Yeah. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, we yeah, can. yeah. With yeah. audio every once in a while. All right. So, uh, you guys can start talking about Clemson. I need to go run and get a... um a charger for this computer so i'll be right back yeah with alabama uh i have alabama winning 24 like by 24 Mm -hmm. i really think Najee harris will have three touchdowns three rushing Mm -hmm. touchdowns um like i have alabama winning the championship um i think that's an easy pick but i think clemson will be well i think clemson versus uh clemson versus alabama we'll see and, uh, yeah, we'll talk about Clemson and uh, Ohio State. Sure. Right. Um, I am back. Just in time for, just in time for Clemson and Ohio team. State, Charlie. I'm wearing, I'm wearing the, uh, the sweatshirt right now. Got to represent. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I have a lot to say about my Buckeyes. Um, so, let me, get, let me just pull up my notes again. Sorry. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I'm a diehard Ohio State fan. Um, so based on the last few games this year, this game seems almost impossible to win. And um, some of you listening at home might be a little confused about me not being confident in my favorite team. And you're right. I'm not confident. Um, I think OSU can win this game with all the talent that this team has. But it's real. But I'm realistic. I don't really think they have a, t- a big chance to win. Um, where was I? Uh, there are a couple major question marks I still have about this team. First of which is the secondary. Uh, the secondary looked a lot better in the Big Ten championship game, but you're going against a team in Northwestern 
that um I wrote it down. I think it was they are 106 among FCS teams in passing offense, only averaging uh by uh only averaging 186 yards per game on the passing side of the ball. Um, and then on the Buckeyes offensive side, Justin Fields at the beginning of the season, the last, the first couple first couple games, he looked absolutely unstoppable. Um, he ran he uh went 20 for 21 in the first game throwing for 11 touchdowns in the first three and running for two more. And then I think the turning point of the whole season was the Indiana game. It was the first true test. The Penn State game, I think we've seen this year, Penn State wasn't really legit. Um, the Indiana game uh, was the first test, and we saw Fields absolutely fall apart. Um, he went 18 for 30, which is all right, but I mean, compared to his standards and his accuracy, um, that is absolutely terrible. Uh, he's usually um, much higher than 60% on the passing side. And then in the Big Ten championship game, in the first half, the the offense could not move the ball at all. Uh, of course, Northwestern has a pretty good defense, but this is Ohio State we're talking about, where um supposed to be putting up 45 points a game. So, um, yeah, once positive, the positive takeaway from Big Ten championship game is definitely the running game. Um, the running game was great. Due to the Oklahoma transfer, Trey Sermon, he set new Big Ten and Ohio State records with 331 yards and two scores. So um, I definitely think if Ohio State um, can play at their max, I think this is a winnable game. But we haven't seen them reach where they're firing on all cylinders this year. And um, I definitely think they have the motivation um, after coming off the lot, the heartbreaking loss last year against Clemson in the semifinal. Um, they definitely have the motivation because – you saw Dabo Sweeney a couple of days ago rank them number 11 in the coaches' poll. So um, yep. <laughs> they definitely have a lot of a big grudge against Clemson. Uh, let's try. I hope they don't make it 0 and 3 against Clemson in the last four years, five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to take Clemson, but I do think it will be closer if Ohio State um, can get the offense sorted out, offensive side sorted out. But yeah, give me Clemson by four. Yeah, I think um, I think Charlie and I can relate on a lot of levels to college football because I'm a Georgia fan, and you know I have Alabama, and yet as a Ohio State fan, you have Clemson, and I think those are both yeah. of our kryptonites. But um, um, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna get into this argument now. I don't really think Ohio State deserves not deserves, but I just don't think it's fair that they're put in the playoffs. Um, even if they are mm-hmm. top four team in the nation, what? which they probably are. I'm just saying what? the fact that you get the rule. Okay, here's my All right, here's my thought process. Let's, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's go. All right, here, here's I my thought hear your process. Argument. Hear your argument. Okay, hear. okay. Here's my thought process. Right. So I think Notre Dame should be ranked number three. I think Notre Dame should be ranked number three because they beat Clemson and they lost to Clemson. Okay. Now, this is the part I don't like, and this isn't Ohio State's fault, but it's so much politics and about money because Ohio State should be number four, and they would play Alabama. But no, because the college, because the college football committee, they don't want to see Clemson versus Notre Dame for a third time, and I yeah. just think that's wrong. And that would be the third time this season, and the second time uh, in three years, I think. Right? They something played like them, that. They played them in yeah. the last couple, in the last other playoff, and they beat them like thirty to three or something. And and I'm not, I'm not I, I, even me as a fan. Of course, I don't want to see Clemson play Notre Dame again. But you know, statistically, I think that's just what it is. But um, I mean. I mean, I, I like Ohio State. I like Justin Fields. I have no, I hold no grudge against him. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say they don't deserve it. I just don't. I just think it's a little unfair that they get the rules changed for them. I would have loved to see it. Like I said, a team like A and M, a team like hell Cincinnati. You know, the big thing is that um, a couple of these games have, were canceled, and they weren't. The, I'm not saying it was Ohio State's. It wasn't Ohio State's fault, but some of it was because the COVID issues on the other team. But of course, Ohio State has its own COVID issues um, leading into the Big Ten championship game. Um, we were without our number one wide receiver, Crystal Ave, and the other 21 players that were out. I mean, um, that's a lot to deal with. But that's really no excuse to make it a game against a team like Northwestern. I'm not saying Northwestern is um, a bad team, but I don't think they're on the level of an Ohio State or a Clemson or a Georgia or a Cincinnati or any top team that was in the playoff discussion. And I understand what you're saying about the six games. Um, it was frustrating. Um, that's a, definitely a frustrating argument on both sides. Um, only playing six games is not great. Um, but, I mean, you can't really do anything about it. Um, the big thing for the committee is that they switch the criteria every year. So some years it's the yeah. best four teams, and some years it's the best four teams with or the best, the, uh, like the strength of schedule teams, you know, the best four. Um, so yeah. it really depends on what the criteria is this year. If it's the best four, I think Ohio State is – definitely one of the four most talented teams i agree um, i agree but if it's based on strength of schedule i'm not sure if they're there um, of course so. they beat a, a 14 a number 14 team in northwestern they beat a top 10 team in indiana and then um other than that we have some some bad marks on the schedule with uh a, a, not uh i mean it was kind of a convincing wing against uh improved Rutgers team but 49 27 is closer than it should be and then uh, same with Penn State. They were up by a lot, and they let them sneak back into the game at the end of the fourth quarter, or yeah. at the end of the third. Um, so, yeah, I completely get what you're saying. This team is definitely not um, competing with an Alabama. Or I'm not sure if they're going to compete with a Clemson, but they definitely have the talent, too, if they can put it all together. But um, yeah. even if Clemson plays an average game, I still think they can win. So I'll stop my rant now. And I'm, all right, I will say. Gonna... Yeah, go ahead, Emmett. All right, I'm going to make mine very short and sweet. I think Clemson pulls out by 10. Um, honestly, of course, Ohio State is a top four team. I do think they're a top four team, but I don't think the strength of schedule is there. The Big Ten, honestly, they're kind of a shell of themselves these days, yeah, it feels it's, like. It's, really it's kind of sad seeing it. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State. State. Yeah, it's yeah. sad. But, um, yeah, give me – I just think Clemson's – I think they're the – I mean, they are the second-best team in this college football. In college football, um, Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I think it's a shootout. I think it could go either ways. I agree with both arguments. I'm okay with people that say it's Ohio State. I'm okay with people that say it's Clemson. But give me Clemson. Yeah, I completely understand that. I mean, I don't want to take Clemson, but I want to be unbiased. And if I'm being unbiased, Clemson – based on the last four games, last five games, it's, they've been a better football team, period. That's a, I mean, there's not much more to say about that. Um, I, of course, I want Ohio State. I'm, I'm pulling for Ohio State to win. But, um, yeah, I don't really think it's going to happen. So, yeah. So, those are our, our New York's New Year New Year. Oh, six Walker didn't go yet. I want to hear Walker. Oh, oh yeah, um, well, yeah. I, I guess I argued about – I guess I argued about Clemson. But, uh, no, I love – I think it is going to be – kind of cool thing Dabo after talking all that crap about a house they you know finally get to yeah. play them I think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the country um 
And I think there's a reason why there's so much hype about him. And uh, yeah, but I, I have Clemson pulling this out by 10. Somewhere, I think Emmett or Charlie said that. Uh, I just yeah, don't I think Ohio State's going to be able to keep up. Um, I don't know if they're prepared to play a team like Clemson. Um, and yeah, I think I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a field day. And I'm really excited to see uh, two of the best quarterbacks in the country go up against each other. Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence will have a good game because his secondary is definitely depleted with some injuries. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the secondary is super young and very inexperienced, especially compared to last year. We have Jeffrey Okuda and um, guys and um, um, Damon Arnett. They left to the NFL, which is good. Um, I hope they have very successful careers there. Of course, you have Sean Wade, who I think has had a very interesting season. I think He's definitely underperformed at his career at Ohio State, coming in as a five-star recruit yeah. from IMG Academy, which is mm-hmm. probably what one of the best facilities in the world, or not in the or high school. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I mean, yeah. it is, it is crazy down there as a high school. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, I hope he can perform at his highest level, because uh, this is his, this could be his last game as a Buckeye. So um, yeah, I think um, I mean we're seeing a lot. Um, of Buckeyes going to leave the draft. So, um, and I think what next year, if, I think this year was a, probably a bust for college football, but I think next year could be even worse as a Buckeye. Yeah, Big Ten is Big Ten's going downhill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think sure, we're going to be one of those sad cunts. I think in the next, it's going to take a little bit for us to rebuild our status. But for Penn State right now to we have a, for Wisconsin for yeah, um, it's, team up north. Big Ten's going to get bad. We have a lot of. Uh, some of our best players are leaving for the draft this year, and uh, I think, I uh, think Fields SEC is supposed is gonna... to go too. Well, Charlie, yeah. he's a junior, right? Who Fields? Is he a sophomore? Sophomore. Yeah. Fields, is I think a, sophomore. Is, he's a he's a sophomore, but he redshirted, so he's a he's technically right. a junior, so he can leave. I'm yeah, he, you see the thing. You think he'll stay, Walker? No, yeah, I mean, why no listen? Way. I have oh, a question. Wow, why so? would you risk your number two overall? He's ranked the number two, like he's and ranked he's going to, to go number two, whether he likes it or not. He's well, going he's going there. to Jacksonville or he's going to the Jets because if you know Emmett. the Jets have, Emmett, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, they're lost. lost. Walker, you really think that uh, Fields is going to stay? No, 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 sorry. Well, all I'm saying is. I get. I mean, no. I guess he, you're he right, could but, ruin that within a season. It, it, I'm just it's saying, sad we've seen it that players that stay, well, yeah, we've seen it before. But there's also those players that if their junior season or sophomore season, and they decide to play, and their draft stock goes sure. down by a whole round. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not saying that he's bad. He'll have a good no, season yeah, this yeah. year. I'm sure. If he stays bad, he might be the number mm-hmm. one player. But yeah. it's not worth it. He could get injured. He could risk his career doing yeah, something like that. You. And yeah. As much as he loves that's Ohio smart. State, I don't think that's I don't think that's worth it, and I don't think it's worth it yep. for Ohio State either because I don't want to have that on my on Ohio State's conscience. So um, sure. Yeah. So those are our bowl game predictions, and um, yeah, I think that's all we have to say. Um, oh, I got one more thing. One last topic. One more thing. All right, here we go. All right, boys. All right, if you're Trevor Lawrence, and let's say Jets, are, let's say Jets get the number one pick, which it looks like, are you? And you're Trevor Lawrence, and you know we've seen the Jets. Or what are you? Are you staying another year at Clemson if Dabo probably won a you know championship again? And you going out to the Jets and taking your chances? I think they he'll probably go because 
if he doesn't go this year, um, I think we'll see another terrible season from the Jets. So maybe they get up there to the number one or number two pick again, and they just take him next year. So that'd be really funny. Because um, <laughs> that would be that would be funny. But I'm not really sure how much better. I mean, who's going to be the worst team in the NFL if it's not the Jets next year? Even even without Lawrence, I don't uh, understand who it would be. Being sure. honest yeah. with you guys, uh, I, the Lions uh, I know the Jets are terrible. I know they're terrible. But um, if you've seen the way they played, like I've watched like a they lot of close. their games this season. Yes, close. almost all of their game, almost all the past like, five games, they almost beat. They, they lost to the Raiders with like eight seconds left. Be- yeah. Like Hen Ruggs ran like a streak. He caught like a seventy-five-yard touchdown. It's like. The Jets, I know everyone's making fun of how bad they are. I think they'll be better next season. And uh, in, they have Mikel Becton, that offensive lineman. He's playing amazing. If they have a supporting cast around him, the Jets' future is big. If they get Lawrence here, and I also do think Sam Darnold, I know everyone calls him trash. I know well, he's not playing I he's good. better. I that's think the thing. he's it, good. I think he's better than people think. He has no. He just doesn't get the throw. chance. He is, he is that's, that's the thing about the He's Jamison Crowder, his best receiver. And Jamison Crowder's good. Give me that. Like, well, he's not. He's not. Besides that, he is a rookie. Mims. He is. Yeah. Who would? Who's Barrios. He is Barrios. He's his number one target, and he's like five nine, In the sixth way, round pick, from. Yeah, I I feel I bad for him, honestly. I feel bad that everyone's saying that he's the biggest bust. And, well, he's not the biggest bust, of course. But yeah, I, like I feel bad for people that say that he's bad. And his first NFL pass against the Lions was, was a pick, pick six. six. Yeah. And I, me but, and my uh, dad were sitting in the living room watching that. I was like, it would be funny if he threw a pick six. And then he threw a pick six. Yeah, I really <laughs> – um, I hope he – I hope it's not like the Josh Rosen type of thing. I also – I know Josh Rosen didn't play good. I, I think there's still a case for him to be an okay player in the league. I don't think he should just be a practice squad player like he is today. I think he deserves another chance. Those Cardinals in 2017, they were terrible. So no, bad. Yeah. I feel so thing. bad. Yeah, it's hard seeing these rookie quarterbacks thrown in these terrible situations and then everyone like clowning the them for sucking. Yeah. I think that the Jets, in the way that they've been competing this year – very in very close games, I think they're very similar to the Jets in that right. Because if you, yep. uh, not the Jets, the Giants, excuse me, sorry. Yes. Um, the Giants, yes. if you look at their schedule, they lost by four to the Bears, they lost by eight to the Rams, three to the Cowboys, one to the Eagles, two to the Buccaneers. I mean, they've, they've been in so many close games this year, they really could have like nine wins right now. So, I mean, I think the Giants are pretty talented, and this is without Saquon. So maybe they'll yeah. take one next year and another – probably not a top pick, but they'll probably have, like, what, number 18 pick? Take one and without so, Danny Dimes through most of those games that you're yeah, talking about. So I think that – I think they can they can be much better next year. And with a depleted NFC East, even with Dak this year, the the Cowboys were struggling, you know, because they had no defense. And yeah. a couple years ago, the defense was the main focal point of how the Cowboys won games. Um so I'm not really sure what's going to um, – how the NFC East, how their future is looking, especially with the Washington football team. Um, their QB room is depleted, and it's very con- it's very controversial, really. Um, I don't know. 
Yeah, the honestly, NFC, if I can say, and with the Eagles, the Eagles are even more dysfunctional than the Washington football team. I mean, I don't. If I can say one thing about the football team, I think they're so underrated, and I don't know how they're not starting Haskins. I'm sorry. Well, I'm uh, I, so I also get. Th- I'm not sure if also, he's going to start listen, this week because some everyone, stuff came out about him last night that's not good. He yeah, everyone clowning him. Listen, everyone clowning him. Uh, what was it? First season thrown in one of the worst situations. Um, he Definitely beat the Lions, be but he how many wins did he have? Like three or four? It's it's sad. Again, I keep saying this. Watching a rookie quarterback thrown in the worst situations from these teams that draft quarterback top ten, it's it's sad. Just watching their career wasted, and it I don't know. I I think all of these quarterbacks that are getting clowned on that are young. I don't think they've had the chances they deserve, and I think I think they need a new team, or they at least need a season to sit behind someone. But that's all. That's what I, I gotta say. I think it's crazy how terrible the NFC East is, especially compared to um, conference or divisions like the NFC West and the AFC North. The NFC West has the Seattle uh, the Seattle Seahawks who have ten wins the Rams who have nine wins and then the Cardinals who are pretty promising and up and coming who have eight wins. And then also the AFC North have the Pittsburgh Steelers who have been not looking great recently. Uh, they have 11 wins still. Um, uh, Cleveland has 10 and then Baltimore is still in the hunt with nine wins and Lamar's and Lamar has been playing better recently, I believe. So um, yeah, I For mean, sure. it's crazy. The, the division disparity that is going on in the NFL. Um yeah. Do you guys yeah, I want to talk more. I'm all done with the NFL, but we'll have a. I think we'll have a lot more to say when it comes playoff time. Oh, we have these playoff discussions. I'm excited for these playoffs. That'll be one definitely. of our topics for sure. But I'm yeah. all good if the on the NFL, if you guys are. Yep. Yeah, uh, so, do you guys have anything good. to say about the um, John Collins stuff or the no. yeah. oh the uh, Kyle Kuzma signing? I mean, it's I mean, kind of. I, it was kind of expected. Uh, Kuzma, okay. Uh, he's all right. But he's all right. But I, um, they, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of an obvious move. He might grow into something better in the future. I still think that we'll they see. think that um, he's their number three option of the future when I don't think yeah. it's that way. I think he's maybe the fourth option or fifth option right now, especially when you sign a guy like Dennis Schroeder who can come off the bench and score and – the six man of the year last year, Montrose Harrell. And Montrose Harrell. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you have two guys I think like Montrose Harrell had the double punch the double punches off the bench. I don't think Kuzma is the third best player on the team anymore. I think Marcus yes. Hall has more of an impact than him. And maybe we're even talking about how um um a guy like um uh Wesley Matthews, I mean they're pretty similar. Uh, not similar in the way they play, but the amount of impact that they have on the team. I don't think Kuzma has that much impact. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Evan. Yeah, I think um, Montrezl Harrell is obviously the better player, but he is so dominant off the bench, and uh, they're going to keep it like that. Uh, I don't really like Kuzma that much. I don't yeah, think he's either. that good. I think he's just an okay starter, but he's still young, and uh, I understand why they would want to re-sign him. So we'll see. We'll see if it works out. 
the actual contract, the amount of money is actually not that bad because you have a cap hit of about $13.3 million per year, depending on if it's a flat contract. Um, so that's not too bad, but of course, I mean, that's 13 mil that you're still taking every year. Uh, but they could use um, him as a trade piece because that extra salary will help out because usually bench pieces t- tend to make more money than um, the rookie contract that he was on. So they can help uh, that 13 million can help with matching the salaries and trades for the future. But um, yeah, not, not much to say about the Kuzma thing. Um, I'm not yeah. a huge fan of him, but it kind of, it makes sense because he's a young He's a young guy, so yeah. yeah one last like quick thing. Yeah, my one last really quick thing about uh, Kuzma is he has. I mean, he's potential will be the trade target for the Pistons when they trade Derrick Rose to the Lakers, and I'm not I opposed like to it. I, I like it too. Um, I, I don't. I hope he comes off the bench. I hope. Um, uh, I mean. Actually, I hope he starts over Blake, but I think that'd be interesting to see Derrick Rose on a playoff team. But I'm all done, I think, with that. I think if the Pistons did trade for him, trade Kyle Kuzma, uh, trade for Kyle Kuzma in exchange for Derrick Rose, I mean, you're looking at a, a lineup of Killian Hayes at the one, maybe a DeLon Wright or a Svee Mikhailuk at the two, who is a great shooter. Yep, Steve he's a great shooter. Amazing shooter. Um, a Jeremy Grant at the three. Uh, Seku Dimboya, if they trade Blake Griffin, of course, at the at the four, and then you're looking maybe in the next draft to draft a big to draft another yep. center. And it looks like that the Pistons were, I mean, they hit on Andre Drummond, so maybe they can hit again. We got Olympic Isaiah Stewart here, and Isaiah Stewart, yeah, I see him. Yeah, we uh, drafted right Isaiah Stewart, and uh, yeah, he uh, solid at Washington. I think uh, he's a key rotational piece for us. He's not a starter yet. I wish he started over Plumley. I actually wish um, what the Pistons could do if they traded for Kuzma instead of that over. Like, can you hear me? Yeah. Um, so I can. If if um, the Pistons traded for Kuzma in exchange for Derrick Rose, maybe instead of putting um, and maybe instead of drafting another center. Maybe you can try to develop Seku and du- Seku Deboya into playing, maybe even a center role. Because I mean, he's what six ten, six eleven. Maybe he can play the center a little bit. But um, I mean, that's a lot to ask of a project like him. But um, yeah, I think the Pistons, if they did do that, I think their their future would get a, just a teeny bit more brighter. So yeah. Is that all we have to say for this podcast? I think so. I think that's all we have to say. Well, um, this has been the first episode. Hopefully, this has been recording the whole time. We're still new to this whole podcast deal. Um, fingers we're crossed. To get this, trying to get this. Yeah, fingers crossed. Oh I, think we, I think we got it. But um, even if we, if we didn't, we had a great discussion today. And mm-hmm. look, I look forward to more, having more of these great discussions in the future. I mean, um, yeah, hopefully we can get our next episode out. Um, hopefully next week. We'll definitely be taking a couple of days off because of um, the Christmas holiday. Um, depending, depending on which this um, podcast distributes out to the platforms. But, um, yeah, this has been the Set the Screen Podcast. I'm Charlie Emmett and uh, Walker, my hosts. Um, yeah. Peace thank out. You. Thank you. Later. All right, thank you. All right. That was good, guys. That was fun.